Today on First Cup, we've got some MLK quotes, and we're going to talk about blocking and defense in the martial arts. Stick around. We start in 20. I got coffee. It's not stupid cold. I don't think I need anything else. Do I? No, phone if I need it. More coffee. I think we're good to go. All right. And here we go in three, two, one. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Today is Monday. It is January 17th, 2022. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Good morning to all of you, whether you are watching live or later or even listening. I appreciate you joining me here on First Cup. Good morning, Denise. And I want to hear about your weekend because I'm going to talk about my weekend and uh, it ended off on a poor note. So I would, I would like to celebrate some things, some highlights. I had some highlights early in the weekend before we, we get into the less pleasant uh, day that was yesterday. Good morning, Jenny. Oh, and it is Monday and I'm sure we have an episode out. Whose episode is out today? Episodes of Martial Arts Radio. Every Monday and Thursday, available in your podcast feed or on YouTube. I always check YouTube because it's the most convenient thing for me to check. Ah, today is with Mr. Stephen Watson, who has, I think he's popped up on this show, show is, uh, in, in the audience once or twice. He has relationship to Tommy, who's often in the chat here. And I had a fun conversation with this guy. I think you are going to really enjoy this episode. I often have the opportunity to meet people before I get to talk to them. And how do I say this about Stephen? He's got a lot of heart. And I don't mean that the way that people say it in TV and movies where they're talking about, you know, a child struggling against something that is not what I mean. I mean that this man's heart is three sizes bigger than the average person's, not physically. He's a good man. I appreciated meeting him. We had a brief exchange at free training day that truly in I think a cumulative total of three to four minutes left a mark, a good mark. And his episode was more of the same. So I, I hope that you do check it out. I hope you enjoy it. I really did. Denise says, already added to my podcast queue. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Dennis. Dennis says, every new day should be unwrapped like a precious gift. Apparently that was newscaster Harry Harrison's something, something he said. Well, Saturday, Dennis was on there, uh, as well as a number of others. Number, let's see, who else was on there for Pascal? So Dennis and I had our Superfoot system Pre-test, we will be testing with Grandmaster Wallace in a couple weeks at Alan Goldberg's event. Well, Wallace has been on Martial Arts Radio 
believe episode 14, maybe 13. Uh, Alan Goldberg was on the show. Also in attendance, Shannon Hudson, who has been on the show. We'll be testing in New Jersey. And then on the testing board, we had Terry Dow, who's been on the show. Chris Natsky, who's been on the show. And then a couple of other Superfoot Black Belts who guide things, who I've invited to be on the show. And uh, it hasn't happened. And I try to be careful of poking my friends too much to come on the show. Because I don't want them to get offended that I'm bothering them. But would still like Paul and, and Jim to come on the show one day. Maybe they will. Hopefully they will. Andy says, have a wonderful day and stay safe out there. Yeah, it's snowing here. It's supposed to snow all day. It's going to warm up. We're supposed to hit a high of 38 degrees, which in contrast to yesterday, uh, waking up at minus 13. At one point, it was minus 15 this weekend. It's a 50-something degree swing, and it's still winter. Crazy, right? So that was good about Saturday. It felt good. Techniques were going well. I didn't come away too sore. Uh, I got a couple things that I'm going to work on conditioning-wise. Uh, did a bunch of cleaning around the house. And then set, Sunday, yesterday, I woke up and the plan was I'm going to go to Maine, grab some more stuff from my father's house. I'm almost done. This might be the last trip of the of, of a certain category of thing that I'm, I'm looking to bring back. And put the laundry in the washing machine, and I hit go. A couple minutes later, it's going ding, ding, ding. And it has the warning that it's not filling. And I was like, oh, well, the water's coming out of the sink. So it must be that the, the filter on the back, I have pretty heavy water and I got to clean that filter out every couple of years. So I pull that out. Nope, not the filter. Double check. Oh, that's right. The washing machine and the dishwasher have their own water lines. When was the last time I used the washing machine and dishwasher? Oh, it's been a couple days. And I've been heating the house with wood, which means the forced hot air that runs under my house. My house started as a, a trailer. It's had stuff added on, like right here was added on. It's, it's considerably larger but it still has a kind of a pocket underneath. Oh shoot, those water lines froze up. So I managed to get all of those thought out. Wasn't that bad, ran the washing machine, ran the, everybody in the chat's going, oh no. Um, things were good. Instead of leaving at like nine, I left at 12.30. I debated whether or not to go because I really don't love driving through the mountains when it's dark and I knew the storm was coming in. And what if it came a little bit early? But I said, no, I, I've got to do this. I've got to get this done. There, There is a timeline on some of this stuff. And go to Maine, do the things I got to do. Everything was fine. Drive back, get home. What's one of the first things you do? You use the bathroom, right? Go to wash my hands. Water's not working. Now, to flesh out this story, my bathroom sink is right here. 
through a very thin wall is my hot water heater. For that run to be frozen, I knew something very bad had happened. Because I don't have a basement, my hot water heater and my water and my pump, uh, I'm sorry, my compression tank are accessible from the outside. So I put on a coat because it's still, you know, it's 15 degrees. Grab a screwdriver because that's how you get into that closet and walk outside and the door was open. It's a tricky lock. And I wasn't tricky enough. So for eight hours, that door had been sitting open in single, no more than teen degree weather. Everything was froze up. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mark. Well, to fast forward a little bit, I cranked the heat. I did everything I needed to do. Uh, there was a, there's a little hole that goes into that area from the home. Got some hot air going in there. And I got things thought out. And something burst. Had burst. I'm not quite sure what it was. It wasn't a ton of water, but everything is off. I have no water. Now, fortunately, and this is where, you know, once in a while this comes up. And, and I'm still not sure if we're going to step into this. The idea of... Because it's such a loaded subject, the idea of, of basic preparedness through the lens of martial arts. I've got water stored up. I've got 30 gallons, 40 gallons of water just on hand at any given time. So I'll be fine. I was able to make coffee, right? I'm good. But I got to call my friend, the plumber, and hopefully he's not too busy. Oh, and by the way, in the next 10 days, we have two days that are above freezing. So that complicates things. There are posts that go around periodically, and they usually involve alligators or large snakes or tornadoes. And it's folks who live up here saying, oh, yeah, this is why I choose to live in the snow. But really, it just makes me want a basement. Good morning, Hollis. Who was in jail? Oh, Mark is in Facebook jail. That's right. I saw that. Mark Warner is in Facebook jail. Yeah, it's become really interesting how easily someone can end up booted on Facebook for, I think it's 30 days. But really, the end result is this just makes me want a basement. And if I had a basement, this wouldn't have been an issue, or at least it would have been a different kind of issue. Much easier to work on in cold weather. And uh, I didn't sleep well. It wasn't until 11.30 that I had everything unthought, I had everything thawed and the water mopped up. So I didn't sleep well. And I drank way too much caffeine on my drive. I had a latte and like two more drinks and, you know, my normal amount of coffee. See, Denise, all the things that you miss by not being on Facebook. Well, that was this weekend. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I've got a reduced day. Sounds like reduced sentence. No, 
I have a little bit less work. Uh, I've got at least a couple of meetings that have been pushed to tomorrow. Tomorrow is not a recording day, so fortunately I had space. And I've got a couple meetings that I'm not sure if they're going to happen. I'll show up. We'll see if other people show up. But I've got plenty to do, and depending on what goes on with the plumber, I may have to move some things around. Um, what else? We've added another date recently to the tour. Uh, I've got conversations going. Next, kind of the next stage of conversation with the Pacific Northwest tour. So that's looking good. We've got free training day dialing, and so many good things are happening this year. I've got another seminar coming up this coming weekend and, and stuff happening with that. Just things look great. Things are really great. I'm really excited for all that 2022 has to bring, despite what it has already brought. No one has told me what you did this weekend. I, I really want to know. What did you do this weekend, Tim? Give me, give me good things that happened this weekend. Help me, help me dilute out the end of my weekend. Uh, anything else happening today? I'm looking around. Nothing in particular. No. No. Oh, you know the other thing I did this weekend? That was fun. Um, I started planning out my 2022 garden. And I'm going to buy a greenhouse, and it's going to be inside. Small one. There's so much going on. I think it's time to flip over. What did you guys leave me to talk about? Denise says, I cooked Wagyu steak and tried to stay warm. Yeah, it was cold. It was really cold. You know, between the cold and the snow, I feel like nobody in the U.S. is happy right now. And we've got this big storm that's hitting us. And, and it's going to be like so much snow. I don't think it's really going to be that much snow. Uh, so today we've got some stuff me from Frank. I had asked everyone to leave some stuff about blocking defensive techniques and everything. And so we're going to, we're going to read the MLK quotes, courtesy of Frank. Thank you, Frank. And then Dennis left something. And hopefully that leads to some conversation from all of you or with all of you. So today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we've got three quotes. Rarely do we find men who willingly engage in hard, solid thinking? There is an almost universal quest for easy answers and half-baked solutions. Nothing pains some people more than having to think. I feel like I could have said this. This is a recurring theme in my observation of the world. Everyone's defense and attack of anything relies on an appeal to someone else's authority. The problem with that is what if the authority is wrong? Or what if you are in a situation where you should be making a slightly different decision? Whether it's your instructor or your parent or your spouse or someone in a profession I think blindly accepting what is said to you, or a religious figure, blindly accepting what is said to you is a recipe for disaster. We all know 
plenty of examples of someone who's immensely gullible who's been burned. I've been burned. When I started Whistlekick, I had a number of people who I assumed because they were high-ranking martial artists with a long history of, of experience both in martial arts and martial arts as business, that they wouldn't take advantage of me. That they wouldn't take my money and give me literally nothing in return. Yeah. Plenty of times. So now I ask questions. Lots of questions. If it seems too good to be true, or if my gut says, says there's a hole here, I keep digging or I walk away because I have that right. And I think we always have that right to ask more questions. And anyone who tells you you don't have the right to ask questions probably doesn't have the answers. I am not saying this about anything in particular. You can apply what I'm saying to anything you choose to. Good morning, Jason. Jenny says, coming back to what do people do this weekend? I put up the plastic over my patio door. LOL, that's about as exciting as my weekend got. Dennis says, you know what I did on Saturday? He was on the Superfoot test with me. Strength training on Sunday plus a 30-minute walk plus a run. Ooh, somebody is getting ready for Atlantic City. Quote two. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Where's the responsibility in that statement? It's on us. It is up to me to make sure no one gets in my head so much that I hate them. Hate is wasted energy. Not worth it. Move on. Don't let people live rent-free in your head. I've been saying that myself a lot lately. There are people who are living rent-free in my head, and I am working to evict them. <sighs> coffee is good. Uh, this particular coffee, this is from one of my clients. And the bag's been sitting. I don't know why I didn't open it, but it's from Costa Rica. And it's already ground, which I'm not thrilled about, but that's okay. It's not that I'm not thrilled. It's better when I grind it here. Pre-ground coffee is not quite as good. But it's still super good. I made it a little strong yesterday. I forgot this was a stronger coffee. And I think yesterday was the first day with it. And I was like... But cut a half tablespoon off. This stuff's pretty solid. Tasty coffee. We live in a time where hate is seen as a virtue by some. And I think that that is a very dangerous attitude. Voicing your hatred, displaying your hatred, celebrating others' hatred. It's bizarre. It's pointless. It's wasteful. It won't get us anywhere. How, what, how does that fix anything? Show me a situation where you've approached someone with anger 
and violence and you've come out of it with a better chance of agreement, consensus, unity, etc. Doesn't happen. As martial artists, we know that when you push on someone, they will push back. When you attack someone, they will defend themselves. Whether it is physical, whether it is words, our innate instinct is to protect what we have. And for a lot of us in modern society, our words, our thoughts, our beliefs are a huge portion of what we have. They're very important to us. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. But to hold so tightly to them as to believe that all other beliefs are wrong and to discredit the people who have them will never improve the situation. Number three. And last but not least, oh, okay. <laughs> Those were the two quotes. And Frank had, has a, a question about defense. I read it wrong. My apologies, Frank. Because on, on Friday, I asked you to give me those. So we have defense quotes, questions, things from Frank and Dennis. Jason says, trust but verify is what we say in that regard. Yeah. For me, it's not even, it, it's, it's not a question of, of trust. It's a, it's a question of opportunity. Everyone has the opportunity, as I see it, to express themselves. I have the opportunity to choose whether or not to listen to them. And I think, given the way the world is right now, so many people have put up walls to create echo chambers so that they only hear things that mirror their own beliefs. And I'm watching this on a wide variety of subjects, including some within the martial arts. And I'm not going to say what they are because that kind of gives, makes it easy to connect dots to who I'm talking about and where I'm, I'm seeing them say these things. But I am, I am disappointed with some people who I think really should know better than to be so absolute in their beliefs. What are some things to keep in mind when defending against a bigger opponent? Generally speaking, if we're talking a one-on-one -on -one situation, your opponent will be bigger. Because think about the psychology of violence. If someone is going to attack someone else, they're not going to do it unless they have a good chance of victory or they are incredibly desperate. When we look at circumstances in the, the typical... Um, I would say by numbers, the majority of violence involves two males and alcohol and a lot of posturing. There are plenty of other violent scenarios. I am not suggesting for a moment that they're not, but if we were to count, that's most of them. I have been in those scenarios. I have managed to diffuse them. 
but I can put myself back there and remember what it was like with that larger person. The first phase is trying to not let it go to a fight. And that's regardless of the size or the number of people. And those rules are roughly the same. We did an episode a very long time ago on self-defense where I talk about using things like humor or uh, self-deprecation or appearing uh, uh, unbalanced or being disgusting. You can go back and find that episode. I don't remember what episode number that is. Maybe somebody in the chat can remind me. Coming back to this last thing, I, I like how Denise has phrased this. The marketplace of ideas, and it doesn't work well if there's no exchange. Yeah, very well said. But if we get past the ability to de-escalate and a larger person is is coming at you. The rules aren't any different. You still have to think about range. You still have to think about force and speed and getting to your opponent's back if possible. One of the things that I, I demonstrate quite often when I teach, regardless of what I'm teaching, is if I'm facing you head on, I have 100% of your, your available attention and weapons pointed at me. But the more I can circle to your back, the less of a threat you are. So if I can stay out of range and find an opportunity to move to the back, that is what I'm going to do regardless of whether you are smaller than me or larger than me. And let's face it, at 5'7", most adult men are larger than me. I'm fully aware of this. I think the big, if, if we remove range and considering range specifically, there is no difference. The, the real difference is, is range. Try to hit them without them hitting you. That's it. Next. So this comes in from Dennis and he says, Joe Lewis often called the fight game Quote, the art of hitting without getting hit. Pretty much what I was just saying. Drawing from Western boxing, he preferred movement, head movement and repositioning. Something Dennis does phenomenally well. Over blocking for defense as movement enables the fighter to keep both hands available for counter-striking. That said, fighters still need to work on their blocking skills to fall back on when your evasive skills fail you during sparring. Here's the best example. If you've ever taught or have memory of yourself as an early martial artist, you probably remember people sticking their hands out to block something that was way far away, much further than it need, you needed to go. In fact, you opened yourself up in defense of that, in defense, quote, defense of that technique. If it's not a threat, you can let it go. You don't need to worry about it. And then as you get better, you start to realize, oh, okay, that might come close. That's not going to. And you start to dial in, okay, what what's coming close? Okay, that's coming kind of close. But if I move over here just a little bit, I don't even need to block it. And there are 
plenty of people. I'm actually thinking of Olympic Taekwondo right now. And regardless of the rule set for a moment, they are really good at not blocking, not having to block. They keep their arms tight and they're using forearms to block. And there's a lot of twisting and evasion. And there's a lot of, of um, countering to prevent an, their opponent's counter. There's some great movement in there. Boxing. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this in the last couple of weeks. Tyson Fury having some of the absolute best head movement that I've seen. I, I'm far from a boxing aficionado, but far better movement, especially head movement, uh, than I've ever seen on a heavyweight. Some people have compared him to early Tyson in that way. I don't know Tyson well enough to say that. But here's the thing about movement, and, and Dennis dials it in really well. If you move, you have more opportunities to strike. If you punch me straight down the line and I block, one, I'm open. Two, I've had my hand in front of my face for at least a split second. My attention is here. It's not a great combination. But if I can move and I can bring my hand up and still cover my body, I am, as most people would define it, in a safer position. At least in, in a, a, a kickboxing, you know, a hands and feet scenario. There are a lot of great drills for movement. The easiest one I've ever seen, and you've probably seen this, maybe you've even done this, put a piece of fishing line or a string in a tennis ball, hang it from something like a doorway, and just hit it and get it moving so it's not quite straight front to back and practice moving around that tennis ball. It's a wonderful drill. It's one I've spent very little time on, but if I was gonna prioritize training head movement, that's the first thing I would do because you can't just worry about it coming this way. You've gotta worry about it when it's there. And that starts to build an awareness beyond, you know, just straight in front of you. You've got to know where things are. It's important. Or you get hit. Nobody wants to get hit. All right. Don't get hit. Go check out Stephen Watson's episode. Let me know what you think. He will likely be in the Facebook group. Let's look at commercial arts radio behind the scenes, commenting, maybe answering questions. I hope if you have the opportunity, you'll pop in there. You'll ask a question or two. The great guy likes to talk and he has good things to say. So my love out to him for coming on the show and to all of you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for watching or listening again, whether it's now or later. Remember, if you want to support us, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Whistlekick, you've also got the code FIRSTCUP15 to get something like this Jackie Chan quote mug, limited edition at whistlekick.com. And if you want the full list, and I put some, what did I put up? Oh, and I had, I remembered a few things else that I was going to put up. Uh, whistlekick.com slash family for the complete list, all the things that you can do, we can do. And something I wanted to, to remind everyone, because um, at least one of you in the chat has stepped into this. Um, Patreon, at the $50 and up tiers, 
you get included in the uh, school owners mastermind. We had our first meeting of that group last week and it was awesome. I, I, there was notes fast and furious, like things cranked. And if you have a school, you could then also check with your accountant, deduct your Patreon contribution. Hmm, kind of cool, right? So uh, you person in the chat who stepped into that, I will reach out to you soon and get you in there for the next one. Thanks, everybody. Leave me stuff to talk about, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Peace.